a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on an extended version of uh, Inside Sources today. And we're going to keep things rolling right along. Uh, during my time in Washington, you know, you meet some of the real pros. Uh, you meet some some real strange people in Washington, but you also meet kind of the pros, pros, the people who just get it. Uh, and one of those uh, for me was uh, making a connection with David Drucker from the Washington Examiner. And uh, David is joining us now to help us get a little preview of uh, what to expect at tonight's Democratic debate. David, thanks for joining us. Hey, boy, good to be here. Thank you. All right. So you're uh, you're scouting things out through Iowa, as I understand it today. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, they they decided, I guess, when everybody's zigged, I would zag. So I'm going to be spending the debate, actually, both nights with voters here in Iowa. And obviously, there's an interest the candidates have in, in having a good showing to influence the voters here. So I thought it would be an interesting way to watch the debates and try and get some real-time uh, reaction from the people that matter the most. Yeah. Uh, as much as I do confess i love to be at the big show i think this is going to be uh, really interesting oh i actually i actually love that uh because obviously the things that are going on in the debate hall tonight will be one thing but as you rightly pointed out it's it's the voters in iowa are going to have a, a vote a lot uh, sooner than those in miami will for sure yeah and you know i think you know as i think we learned a couple of things about in 2016 with these crowded stages that do apply and the one thing is you end up, when it's all said and done, having very uh, few minutes to make an impression. So you want to uh, take advantage of, of the time you get. I also think it's important not to disappear uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of times if you disappear, you may not have said anything wrong. But in the era that we're, we're in and how voters have used these debates to judge candidates, they can take that as a sign of weakness, especially as they're trying to think about who would be best to put up against President Trump. Right. I think they're they're going to look for somebody that can handle uh, pressure, that can handle chaos, that can handle um, uncomfortable situations, and look strong and confident doing it. Yeah. So, so as you look at the field tonight, and and some people have said this first round is a, a little lighter, uh, and you don't have some of the real heavyweights in terms of the you know Vice President Biden or uh, Bernie Sanders and so on. Uh, so this one may be a little more policy focused. Uh, I used to always say when when a candidate had to go on a on a stage with a lot of other candidates that it it is about differentiation that you need to kind of let others say the obvious things that everyone agrees on. Like everyone on the stage tonight is going to have some form of health care, some sort of immigration bill, some sort of student loan forgiveness, and so on. Uh, but it's about differentiating. And and how do, who has the most pressure on them tonight to differentiate and, as you said, David, uh, really stand out to where people can say, hey, I can see that person up against President Trump? Well, it, this is something they all need to do. I think that there are some candidates that showed promise early on and people have been wondering about them. Right. So Beto O'Rourke is going to be on the stage tonight. He needs to, I think, 
acquit himself well because otherwise, and you know how this is in politics, right? It's about expectations. So if there's a narrative that you can't do any wrong, sometimes you just can't do any wrong. But if the narrative and the feeling the voters may have is that, you know, what's, what's the point? Then anything that feeds that um, becomes a problem. And so Beto O'Rourke, you know, obviously last cycle as a, you know, near miss in a Senate race, but he garnered a lot of chits because it, it was a tough state. Um, and he did some things that, that Democrats in Texas hadn't done in quite a while, even though he lost. He enters the presidential race with a lot of anticipation and has proceeded to sort of disappear because he's just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So if you're Beto O'Rourke, for example, maybe you want to remind people what makes you unique, but that's sort of up to Beto O'Rourke to decide what the race is all about for him. So I think for any of the candidates, the, the, what you have to do is have people watching going, I really like that person, I really trust that person, that person is compelling. I think the number one word is compelling. Wow, I want to learn more about that person. I may want to send that person some money just to keep them around because I think they're good for the race. Yeah. And the, the candidates that succeed in a crowded field are compelling. I, I think a lot of uh, people may think sometimes, well, this is the establishment candidate or, you know, this is the, the lefty or righty candidate. Ultimately, if you're raising money and people want to listen to you, it's because you're compelling in some fashion or another. Elizabeth Warren, in her own way, has become very compelling because she's turned this I've got a plan for that right. policy, the boring policy shtick, into a thing that, by the way, nobody else is doing. Sure, they all have policies, but she's, she's made a market out of she's it. She's it, yeah. And it's become something that people are, wow, I wonder, I wonder what her plan is going to be for <laughs> you know, turning the leaves green after the, the, you know, after the winter. It doesn't matter. And so it's a thing. You know, Pete Buttigieg, he may end up floundering, but he's been just a compelling orator and and a compelling figure. Um, and, and other candidates are compelling as well. But but I mentioned some of those because people are like, well, what is it about them and why this person? Well, because voters are interested in them because they've made themselves interesting. So if you're not one of those candidates, what do you want to accomplish tonight? Uh, whether you're Kamala Harris or, you know, your 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 um Eric Swalwell or any of these guys is have a moment where people are compelled and you'll see some money roll in and you'll see some interest roll in and you'll at least have a chance to make a mark. Yeah. All right. If you're just joining us, we've got David Drucker on the line from the Washington Examiner. He's uh, actually going to be holding uh, and meeting with voters in Iowa tonight as the uh, first round of debates to take place down in Miami, uh, which I think is genius, by the way, because they're going to have an outsized uh, vote and influence. Uh, so, David, as you as you look at uh, tonight, uh, is there anyone that you're thinking, hey, this person may have one of those compelling moments? This person has a chance to, to maybe break out a little bit? I don't have any um, predictions in that regard. I, I think what I've tried to look at this as, is, you know, what do certain candidates need to do? And, and, you know, I'm also looking at some of the front runners just because I think that the front runners in general have shown that they have a chance to go far if they're able to withstand the pressure and build on some of their early support, right? So if you're Joe Biden, you're obviously the early front runner, and that might seem like an obvious one. But imagine this, one of Joe Biden's uh, biggest selling points is here's somebody who can take on Trump. Here's somebody who's got that sort of authentic populist way about him that might be built for the current era that we're in, where gaffes are no longer gaffes. They're proof that you're human. 
Yeah. Exactly. But if Joe Biden goes is up there and he looks flustered and old and lost, all of a sudden the the very thing that that makes him compelling and strong is cut out from underneath him. Yeah. Right. Elizabeth Warren is probably going to get some sort of question. Maybe she won't. But what if she gets a question about, you know, her issues with her heritage? Right. Where it's the one thing where she's had trouble. And what if she's still not prepared to handle it? It's not so much the question about the heritage and it's not that she'll lose her core supporters. But people are going to imagine, I think, voters. Wow. Trump will make mincemeat out of her. That's she won't right. be able to handle it. And it won't be about what we want it to be about. It'll be about her in a negative way. Right. We want it to right. be all about the president and how he's unacceptable. So. Like, these are the things that even the top-tier candidates need to approve. I think for the lower-tier candidates, you know, look at the moment that Carly Fiorina had in the second Republican debate at the Reagan Library in 2015. She was able to handle the, pre- the, the then Donald, the big stage. Donald Trump's incoming. Yeah. She impressed everybody, mm-hmm. and she had a moment in the sun. Now, she wasn't able to capitalize on it long-term, but all of a sudden the money rolled in, her poll numbers jumped, and for a moment she had a shot. And I think that's what these other candidates need if not in this debate, certainly in the next one, which is the end of July in Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Very good. We've got uh, just about a minute left with uh, David Drucker from the Washington Examiner. David, I wanted you to make just a real quick comment. We've got five moderators, Lester Holt, Savannah Guthrie, Rachel Maddow, uh, Jose Diaz, uh, Ballart, and uh, Chuck Todd. Uh, four of those are super big personalities. Uh, is that going to be a problem tonight on the stage? You know, it's, could be, but it depends on how they've structured their questions and how they choose to conduct the, conduct the debate. You know, for me as a journalist that hasn't yet had the opportunity to do this, so therefore I'm, I'm half reporter but half viewer, the one thing that, and it's sort of an admission against interest, but the one thing that I like to see debate moderators not do is not treat a debate like a Sunday show interview. Yes. I actually don't want them to have a list of questions that they usually ask these, you know, members of Congress and governors and former politicians on a Sunday show. I think the best thing they can do is discuss the issues that are that matter to Democratic primary and caucus voters. Mm-hmm. What do they want to know? How do they and 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 what is it that they want to see and structure the debate that way rather than you know, necessarily cornering them on the impeachment issue or cornering them on a gaffe from, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Uh, some of these things matter to Democratic primary voters, so they should definitely be asked. But um, I'm for veering away from, from Sunday show format and more toward, the de- you know, debate format where it's about allowing them to show what kind of president they might be. Fantastic. David Drucker, Washington Examiner, always great insight. Appreciate your journalism, and uh, good luck in Iowa. We'll watch for the reports coming out uh, after tonight and uh, on into tomorrow. Thanks so much, Boyd. Take All right, care. there you go. Uh, David Drucker, Washington Examiner, uh, again, great journalist and uh, great insight there. It'll be fascinating to see what the people of Iowa say about the debate in Miami tonight. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue uh, with some of the news of the day. We'll talk a little bit more about the debate prep. Uh, what people will be doing getting ready for tonight. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about the selfie culture to round out our extended one-hour version of Inside Sources. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us. We'll be back after the top of the hour news.